The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Greetings to everyone around the world, and we're welcome to another edition of Veritas at Veritas Radio. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. To listen to the full interview, subscribe at VeritasRadio.com. And tonight we discuss chemtrails once again, transhumanism, synthetic biology, and views about our future. With our special guest, Sophia Smallstorm. Right now, on Veritas. Sophia Smallstorm began her journey into the momentum of waking up and seeing with 9-11. While digging into that subject, she discovered artificial clouds and chemtrails. And from this, was inspired to recognize the presence of a synthetic biology agenda in the activities around us. Her... From Chemtrails to Pseudo-Life Talks, Part 1 and 2, take us from synthetic biology to radiation biology, the territory of our current addiction to wireless communication. Her 2013 talk, Unraveling Sandy Hook, in two, three, four, and five dimensions, is a different view on the use of staged events to shape society as they move us all into a post-human world. She has a weekly radio show on the Pure Momentum Network, at puremomentum.net. Her websites are avatarproducts.com and aboutthesky.com, which are also linked at ours. And directly from Southern California, I'm privileged to welcome our new special guest, Sophia Spolstorm. Hello, Sophia, and welcome to Veritas. Hi, Mel. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've been hearing a lot about you for the past past year or two, and a lot of our listeners have been emailing me, when are you going to have Sophia Smolzer on? So you and I had a long conversation a few days ago, and I'm glad that uh, I brought you on. Sophia, first of all, beyond what I read about you, I'm always curious to know what triggers someone to to get into this path. Same thing with me. You know, 9-11 was what did it for me. What was it that made you start looking into all these subjects? Well, you know, ever since I was a small child, I didn't believe that the world worked the way I was being led to believe. I mean, I asked my mother once, is it, is it true that all the money that the rich people have is the money that was taken from the poor people? And she said, no, that's not true. And she didn't want to start it. I was like five. And uh, she didn't really explain anything to me then. And when I was 
11 or 12, I asked her if the governments all worked. They all cooperated and understood one another. I mean, how did the world work? How did ships sail with cargoes? And how were imports and exports going on? And how was every country, you know, how did they all have different money? And my mother said, yes, they all talk to each other and they all try to get along. And I just knew that was not enough of an answer either. So you know how it is with people. You grow up and you start pursuing work and you kind of don't... I, did, I was not into politics at all. I just... Every time I opened Newsweek, there were wars going on everywhere and I hated the looks of these politicians. I didn't understand how they operated. They all looked like people I wouldn't want to be friends with, you know. And um, I just just stayed away from it all until the Iraq war. And then I knew I had to start paying attention. The, the first Iraq war? Well, 2003, when, you know, they did a huge uh, invasion of, for, for ostensibly for 9-11. Sure. And that was so backwards and so upside down. And actually, it, it was before that, even the invasion of Afghanistan was enough to get my attention. And really, I made, yeah, I did t-shirts then, and I just sold these t-shirts um, at rallies, and I was just amazed by the energy and the people. And these were, this was the anti-war movement, you know, and now we all say, oh, that movement, they don't know anything. We're way past that, you know. Um, so... I just was drawn in by these people. They seemed real. They seemed to care about something besides themselves. And that that made me want to be part of that. I wanted to be bigger than myself. I wanted not to care about what I was going to have for dinner, you know. Now, your background, what was your background before you started looking into all these subjects? I was a writer. I was a freelance artist. I learned a lot about the way that media worked in publishing, and I experienced some difficulties in those career paths that made me believe that things were not as they seemed. I understood that things were being engineered, and for instance, that publishers would create books, agents would create books, literary agents that would then peddle the um, the way of thinking that they wanted in the public. You know, they wanted the public to adopt. I'll give you an example. The choice making becomes so narrow. For instance, there was a very popular, it was a commercial fiction, uh, very kind of gooey romance uh, called Jewels by a very gooey romantic author called Danielle Steele. And the book Jewels was displayed in all of the chain bookstores. It had a silver cover with the embossed title Jewels. And you could buy it with a pink embossed title or a blue or a red or a gold. And this is very subtle because what it's telling you is not buy the book Jewels. The person coming into the store goes, oh, my gosh, look. Here's Danielle Steele's jewels, and I could have it in pink or blue or gold <laughs> or right. green. So it's not, should I buy this book? The question in the mind, it's which one should I buy? Which color? The, which color should I buy? Yeah, and I had never heard, I'd never imagined creating a book with different 
writing on the cover. It just was, it was such a weird idea, but it was a brilliant idea. And that was, of course, a bestseller. And I don't know, I see this going on everywhere, 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 everywhere. Um, I used to ask my parents when I was a teenager, how come um, there were two cars on the road that looked exactly alike, but they were made by two different companies, and they looked exactly alike. I can't remember these models. This was back in the 80s or 70s. And my parents said, oh, well, one is, you know, Oldsmobile, and one is something else and they just compete with one is a pontiac and one is an oldsmobile yes right but they look the same i mean the same hand designed these you would think that that would be infringement or something but it isn't it's just competition and i never liked the whole competitive nature of the world and especially america I didn't grow up here, I'll say that much. And I came here in my teens, and I was just flabbergasted. Everyone was so unhappy. Everyone was not okay with the huge amount of stuff they had. Huge. And I lived in a very rich um, county outside of New York City, Westchester. And my God, the children, when they graduated from school, they got cars. This was a graduation present. It was just unbelievable to me. You know, we're not going to be getting into the, the specifics, as we, we, we said, but we did, we did have some discussions behind the scenes, you know, regarding our media, our publishing, what you see in the news. It's all written by the winners, isn't it? It's written to—I just realized this when I did the Sandy Hook talk. They're modeling for you how you should respond and react. They're provoking things in you, and at the same time, things are being modeled for you. Um, For instance, let's just jump into something current. The Sandy Hook parents, everybody knows that those people didn't look sad enough. They didn't seem to be showing genuine grief, and they were strangely very accepting of um, this act of slaughter that their children were victims of, and there, there were were statements immediately afterwards where the parents offered, um, you know, pity and sympathy to the, to Peter Lanza, Adam Lanza's father. And I'm thinking, God, that isn't normal. What is that all about? And I think that there's a modeling going on in America that you have to gracefully accept loss because we have been, we're now in the phase of extremely rapid wealth and asset deprivation. And it's not just done through financial schemes or, you know, the very punitive um, consequences of borrowing if you can't pay back. It's being done through artificial weather, through um, all kinds of, you know, even disease where people are uh, robbed of wealth because they just can't, the doctor bills get so high. They can't afford insurance. I mean, families are bankrupted, and then the storms come, these tornadoes and floods, and they sweep away everything you own, and you have to start again. And so the we're seeing, you know, in the little news clips, these people, after these uh, terrible <laughs> acts of weather, you know, it's and we're, in, interestingly, in the insurance world, uh, weather disasters are called acts of God. 
and they're not certainly not today and the people just stand there and they they say oh well i'm so happy to be alive and i still have my you know immediate family but i lost everything else my car and my guitar and my you know clothes and everything so we we are being reduced to rubble to the status of refugees and we're refugees from everything we're refugees from disease every i cannot tell you how many people tell me that they have some weird health condition that no doctor can diagnose and i'm thinking god i read one book and i recommend all your listeners read this book aids opium diamonds and empire by nancy banks dr nancy banks and it is a big broad study of economics medicine and um well that's pre and history and she makes it abundantly clear that there is one common denominator to all health conditions which is called oxidative stress and we are experiencing it all over the planet and it manifests in different ways but when you have oxidative stress it means that your cells are not getting enough cellular fuel that you are tired on the level of the cells and that leads to all kinds of very um detrimental conditions in the body including death so i'll explain here and here i am traveling into all the little subjects that you wanted to get into so i hope it all flows in the end but you know the body has a hierarchy and the cells are the little guys so the cells have to yield their nutrients and their precious utilities to the bloodstream which carries them to the major organs because the major organs have to function in order to keep us walking and talking and breathing and appearing to be you know moving around ambulatory but on the level of the cells you could be extremely spent and no blood test will reveal that because blood tests test the blood the bloodstream and you may have enough magnesium and enough this and that in your bloodstream but no doctor can look into your cells and tell you that your cells are acidic they're dehydrated they're exhausted they cannot detox and they are on the brink of what is called um uh you know unregulated division which is cancer and That's this is obviously all by design but i wanted to discuss this topic at a future interview on sanitas which is the the more health oriented show even though a lot of what we're going to be discussing tonight still has directly and indirectly, you know, a relationship with health. But you said something very interesting about how they're moving, you know, people from their lands. I think of Katrina. I think of all the hurricanes. I think of, even right now you probably are following the story of the Bundy family in Nevada. It seems that they want to keep people out so that somebody can take over that land. And I don't know if you heard about the the uh, federal lands in the United States, have you heard that they're collateralized to the Federal Reserve as guarantee? Have you heard that? Yes, I do believe, I mean, I probably am less deep on this subject than you are and other people, but I do believe that this collateralization of the planet's um, 
landmass is going to be replacing currency. Um, currency, yeah. It, we will have a currency based on the Earth itself. They may call it the Terra or something like that, you know, instead of the dollar. Well, think about it. Right now, we used to have, uh, you know, currency backed by, say, gold or silver, or they even talk about having a basket of, of precious metals. Then we had, you know, Nixon in the United States who delinked that from from the value. And now it's just fiat currency that can cause hyperinflation and so on. But, you know, to, to the regular Joe out there, this doesn't sound that bad when you have the planet, the land as a limited resource. To some people, this may sound as something to be welcomed. Well, sure, because they've been trained and taught, socially engineered and brainwashed to think that, you know, number one, that they themselves have ruined the planet when that is not the case. We've been, we have very few options except to live the way we live. I mean, we can't really go and live off the grid somewhere and be barefoot and have, uh, you know, roots for our food. There aren't too many people who can really pull that off. So we end up participating. We're swept along and we can exercise choice to certain degrees. But overall, I mean, I have to drive a car in this place that I live. I do it in a very limited way. I can ride a bike, but I cannot take large packages to the post office on a bike. It just becomes very difficult, you know? So you try to, to trim and, and curtail your own behavior as much as possible to be as sensible and, and I don't know how to say it, but enlightened as possible. But overall, we are not the ones who who have decimated the earth. We didn't go into continents and claim their resources and bring in the IMF and loans. And we were not the economic hitmen ourselves, you know. That's right. That's right. It, you know, I always wonder, people like you and I, people tell me, you know, Mel, how can you sleep at night? Because you discuss all these topics. And, you know, Dane Wigginton, you, you know him. I had him on the show a few days ago. And he said something interesting for people who always want to have their heads buried in the sand. He said, you know, we're all walking in this on this highway, in the middle of a highway. Would you rather be walking towards the cars who are facing you so you can avoid them? Or would you rather walk with the cars behind you going the other way? I say we have to be facing it. We don't have to live in fear. We have to live in awareness. What concerns you? And I know we have to pick our battles. With what's happening worldwide, what are the top things that concern you the most? Well, I think I was talking to somebody about this last night. And I don't know. I mean, I'm, I float from subject to subject to subject. But the way that humanity has been treated by a certain sector of, I don't even know if they're us. I don't know if they are something else, if they have another core way of being. But the way that humanity has been treated and has succumbed to that treatment, it disturbs me the most. And I think that's the key to it all, the word succumb. We have been asleep and we didn't know that this was all going to result in abject, you know, um, stripping of everybody's dignity and awareness the theft of 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.